Since 1963, the soap opera General Hospital has been delighting daytime viewers with its out-of-this-world characters, tawdry twists, lingering close-ups, and outrageous stories. In point of fact, that's what Stephen's grandma would call them when he was playing too loudly in her living room. She would yell, Quiet! I'm watching my stories! Plot lines over the years have included evil twins, alien abductions, main characters being repeatedly frozen and thawed, vampires, and a giant diamond that, in the wrong hands of the wrong person, could freeze a whole city. And that was nothing compared to what purportedly happened behind the scenes. Southwest General, however, was a soap opera that never really existed. It was the show within a show around which the plot of 1982's second highest box office grocer revolved. With a double-billed Dustin Hoffman in his prime in the starring role, the movie has become a go-to in film classes and books, especially in the midst of any discussion of, quote, perfect movies. But does the film, its writing and acting, and its message stand the test of time? And where can I get a hold of that diamond? It's hot right now in Arizona. We're the two gomers, we're talking Tootsie, and this is Perfect Movie. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast hosted by two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Steven's choice. Dude, this one's going to be fun. I Here's something I love, okay? Yeah. We're talking about... And we're going to be talking about a lot in the future, broadening our minds, yep, growing our canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is a movie I'd never seen, right? And I've heard about a bunch, yeah. Um, and super fun to be like, Aaron, let's let's have a movie night and let's watch this movie we've never seen before. Neither of so, you had ever seen it, right? I'm assuming. I, you know what? I think Aaron had actually seen it. Okay. Um. Uh, but she like couldn't remember a lot about it. Okay. And so yeah, we we do this date night thing lately because we're uh-huh. in quarantine still, sort of. Yeah. Where like the girls do a date night downstairs. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yeah. Um. And so like they watch Frozen two or Tangled <laughs> what a surprise. or yeah. Rise of Skywalker currently. <laughs> and then Aaron and then I'll I'll like I've got my my shaker uh-huh. and I'll make a drink make a mixed drink. Hmm. Lately, it's been a Moscow Mule or a vodka mm. gimlet. Sure. And then Aaron and I go up to our room and we watch our own movie. Yeah. And that was a couple weeks ago and it was Tootsie. And it yeah. was a blast and I can't wait to talk about it. Now, you mentioned that you've heard you've heard about it, right? It's referenced a lot, I think. And so I want to play you this clip to start out. <laughs> okay. From 30, it's from 30 Rock. <laughs> oh, okay. Season one, episode 18. She and Floyd. You remember Floyd? From Cleveland, um, uh, her, okay. her boyfriend. Now I can't remember the guy's name. Who's the actor? He's a Saturday Night Live actor. Um, uh, 
And anyways, they fall asleep watching Tootsie. Okay. Okay. And they wake up and it's just the Tootsie DVD <laughs> menu playing over and over again. And it's an yeah. awkward thing because they've fallen asleep together the night before. There was no hanky-panky at all. They just fell asleep on the couch. And okay. so they're trying to make kind of like weird romantic conversation in the morning. <laughs> and so I'm going to play you this quote. Okay. Walk off, Scarecrow. Ah, uh, that was really fun last night. I, uh, I think Tootsie's a very well-crafted movie. Yeah, they use it as an example in all the screenplay books. Um, first of all i could go for a while deconstructing the anatomy of that joke right like it's a very simple i mean it's a very specific joke right because it's for the industry everybody knows tootsie is used as a an example in screenplay classes and screenplay books um yeah but when i i remember this episode i mean this is when was 30 Rock season one? I don't know. More than 10 years ago. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, somewhere yeah. in there. I remember feeling like Tina Fey knows me. <laughs> because <laughs> you felt known and seen. <laughs> I did. Because when I was, we're, this is going to come up a little bit later. We're going to do this a little bit different. This is a Steven's yeah. choice, but we're doing right. it a little bit differently because when I took screenwriting class and film history class in college, Tootsie was ever present. Okay, really? As an example, just like Liz Lemon just said <laughs> in this weird pillow talk. <laughs> where <they're, laughs> What a weird thing to say, right? Yeah, they use it in all the screenplay books as an example. It's totally 100% true. Um, and so, it, and it's it's one of these things where I will watch a movie that I've never seen and I'm like, oh, all of these references that I've seen in shows and movies from the past, I'm like, oh, that's what that means. I get it now. <laughs> and I felt like I'm so happy Anthony's watching this because you're going to get a whole bunch of yeah. references that you've never gotten before uh, that's in awesome. TV and movies. Yeah. Um, something else is that that we haven't really talked a whole lot about on the podcast is like you were really into writing and yeah. people have... If they've been listening to, I don't, I don't know if this is episode 25, 30, something like that. Maybe this is like 33, according to our, like when, when we put the, the little upload FTP thingy, it's like zero yeah, yep. three. <laughs> so it's in the thirties now. Yeah. Um, you've enjoyed Steven's writing in all of the cold opens. Like, sure. And yep. so we haven't, we haven't talked a whole lot about that um, in the 12 years of the Gomers. That. One idea I had for perfect movie, get ready for this, I've never told you about this before, <laughs> okay. is the goal is not to make a list of perfect movies and send them to the aliens. Yeah. It's to write the perfect movie. <laughs> and so we would, at the end of the podcast, you know, we have 100, 200 episodes, we would yeah. have figured out the formula. And then I would it. write the perfect movie and it would get made. <laughs> that was one of the ideas I had for the podcast. <laughs> well, and still, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Always in the back of my mind is Tootsie. Okay, yeah. It's it's so odd. Um, and so that's when that's why I remember that clip. I had to search for it. Um yep. I had to like Google Liz Lemon Tootsie. And there's several <laughs> episodes that are like Tootsie based. Okay. There's another yeah. episode where she pretends to be 
<laughs> Later on in the series, she pretends to be another woman so that she can catch her dad out <laughs> who's who she suspects of having an affair. <laughs> and so she dresses up as another woman to try to like catch him out and her name is Dorothy Michaels. Oh. Okay. Um, her fake See, name. I, that would have gone right over my head. Yeah. Not anymore, dude. Yep. Not anymore. Um well, yeah, what about the fact that he was Michael Dorsey? Mm-hmm. And then he's Dorothy Michaels genius. Yes. It's just one of the things that makes this script purportedly perfect i think we're going to talk a lot about that in the trial um, um and actually i'm looking forward to getting there pretty quick so i'm uh, okay like uh, maybe a couple more things let's let's get into the one sheet I gotta, yeah i gotta totally. read Here, this vhs I, I had, synopsis yeah yep okay i had one thing real quick um mm-hmm. because we have not mentioned this is the first movie since we've gotten new music yeah. For our podcast. Oh, right. We just need to mention that at the top real quick. Yeah. It was on The Martian. It's been on other episodes, but we have not recorded a movie since having new... Like, we've not talked to each other. Right. Like, everything else has been in post-production. So, we just want to mention, we have this new unbelievable music yep. by Davis Harwell. Mm-hmm. Wrote us, like, a literal film composer wrote us a score. We love it. We'll talk about it in the future. I just wanted to mention it because... It's so different than this. <laughs> I, I love the music in Tootsie for some reason. Um, and while we watched it last night as a family, every time yep. that theme came on, yep. I was doing a special little dance. Here, oh, yeah. This, this I, is for our patrons right here because we are actually okay. we're videoing this. Yeah. So whenever that, can you play that music again? I'm gonna do the yeah, little yeah, dance yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the dance I was doing. Um, it's just kind of like a wave your hands in the air, like you just don't yep. care. And the boys, of course, are like, "Well, Jack was like, keep doing it, keep doing it." No, was kind of rolling yeah. his eyes. Um, no, no, I was like, Dad. Even though I love the Tootsie music, it is not it is not what our new music sounds like for our intro. No. When you sent that to me, dude, I mean, I got goosebumps. My jaw was on the ground. Like I was like, it's real music. It's amazing. <laughs> it's love so it. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's so great. So Davis, seriously, he's a subscriber now. Um, mm-hmm. A great guy. He would like, I thought about asking him in like November. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, it would be like. Uh, like create i didn't even ask i was too worried too nervous uh-huh. not too worried just like he would never even return our call and he actually did it so that rules uh-huh. davis you rock um and also the music by uh the music on tootsie dave grusen yeah um who is a film composer for two of our other favorite movies goonies really um yep so he wrote the score to goonies and the firm no way um those which sound is another... so different than this. right so he's like a sydney pollock dude so he did um goonies so actually you know what we'll go to the one sheet good let's go we'll go to the one sheet okay so tootsie the movie we're talking about today released december 17th 1982 yep budget was 21 million dollars Grossed at the box office, $177 million worldwide. Now, before we um, recorded, I was like, when did it come out again? 1982, 1983. You said 1982, and then you told me yep. it was December. Here's why I asked you that question, because Tootsie was the second 
highest grossing movie in 1983. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But why why does that make sense? Because like it's only it was only around for fifteen days, like thirteen right. whatever. Exactly, and in. so it wouldn't get on the okay. nineteen eighty two box office records. So it was Empire Strikes Back, Tootsie oh. one and two for nineteen eighty three. Wow, <laughs> a big hit, a huge <laughs> hit. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So because I had it. Um, the in eighty two, mm-hmm. the the box office went, E T. Yeah, number one. Yep. I didn't put Tootsie in here. I, I think it was actually on there, but um, I don't. And I don't know if they t- talk about like future gross on there. I don't know. Uh, right. Anyways, the movies released around the same time. There were E T. Rocky three, forty eight hours, Conan the Barbarian, which on the Total Recall episode we kind of mentioned that a little bit. Yeah. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Huge wow. one on our canon. I mean, like, perfect yeah. movie. Star Trek Two: Partner to Rathacon. Um, Tron. Mm. Richard Pryor did a comedy special called oh. Live on the Sunset Strip. That was on the top box office. Yeah, uh, th- that, used to, th- that used to be a big thing, right? Like, comedy specials, they'd release them in theaters, yeah. like Ed- Eddie Murphy yeah. Raw. Like, those would make a ton of money. Right. It's a different world, we, bro. We watched Raw... Like our our roommates, really. Um, I remember that. And uh, um, okay, a couple other things from the one sheet. Um, directed by Sidney Pollock, mm-hmm. director of one of my other favorite movies, The Firm. Yeah, it probably would make an indisputable or indefensible. I, I think we'll do that on the indefensibles. Well, but that's interesting Maybe then that he's movie. got the same composer. Like he's like, yep. I must have what was the guy's name? Dave <laughs> Grusin. I must have Dave, Dave Grusin back. I loved his work on Tootsie. <laughs> Totally. Um, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes, ninety percent by yep. critics. I mean, mm-hmm. it's critically adored. Eighty-one percent by the audience. Yeah. Um, couple songs released around then. Uh, number one song on the Billboard charts was Physical, Physical. physical. And um, yeah, uh, Eye of the Tiger came out that year. Makes sense. Rocky Three. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love rock and roll. And um. Huh. Then, dude, I yeah. So, and then I just I just thought just to place us, yeah. Um, in 1982, uh huh. Um, E.T. came out. Yeah. Um, you know what? This is gonna okay. Th- here, this is for the patrons. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna show you what a catalog looked like in 1982. <laughs> this is kind of like the <laughs> the look. Right, like a, like a clothes catalog and a shoes catalog. You're showing like a Sears catalog yeah. page. Yeah, like J.C. Penney's. The here's the here's the top toys from 1982. I don't know if you can see that. Looks like all. a bunch of like big calculators and um, <laughs> dolls. Right, some Transformers. Looks like yeah. Wow. Yep. Matchbox cars, mm-hmm. He-Man figures. Yeah. Um, typewriters. You know, like. It's just like looking at this looks like just, um, just past when we were, like. So I'm like three years old when this came out. Yep. Um. So it's earlier than we can even remember, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There. I just googled people or 1982 history. It's so interesting to look at. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I don't know about you. I remember seeing Tootsie in the theater when I was four. It's weird that you don't remember it, but. <laughs> super super appropriate for a four-year-old dude 
in the theater. You're going right. to love this, Steven. Let's go. <laughs> right. Um, also, uh, let's see here. Um, there was a space mission. You know what? I should have curated this list better. I like looked at this and I thought I would like do it, but we're kind of running short on time. What, were there awards? Just did it, it win up. awards? I'm looking. Oh, yes. Um, okay. So uh, it did win. This was nominated for, I believe, 10 Academy Awards. Yeah. It did win only one, which was Best Supporting Actress Jessica Lang. Um, okay. It was nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. Best Actor Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, supporting actor Terry Garr, who I cannot wait to talk about her. Yep. Because she is your sister. Um, <laughs> really? Is this the other person that you think my sister is like? The, Terry Garr. Yes. Okay. So um, actually, we'll just mention that here right at the top. Well, yeah. actually, we're not at the top. We're 15 minutes in. But uh-huh. yes. So Julie was wondering about that a while ago. The the Terry Garr, she was in Mr. Mom. Okay. And that was one of our favorite movies. We There was this time where I might have mentioned it years ago where Aaron and I got like Pizza Hut and uh-huh. you could get two free DVDs with your <laughs> pizza. Like you yeah, they ran them. This... They, put the, yeah. they put DVDs for you to own in the pizza box. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a Pizza Hut promotion. Huh. So you would like you could pick from this list of movies and they'd include a DVD. And it was either one or two. But okay. one of them was this we chose was Mr. Mom. Michael wow. Keaton, Terry Gar, and so we have the Pizza Hut DVD of that. And every time we watch that, the entire time, I'm like, Julie, Mommy Jules. I've I've never put that one together. Maybe because okay. she is in, I mean, a movie at the top of my list that Davis themed the music around, right? And I I don't think matches who Julie is. I haven't seen Mr. Mom forever, so mm, I'll have to rewatch. Miss- Okay, Mr. Mom rules, and it stars your sister. <laughs> okay, that's great. <laughs> but do you see it in this at all? Um, I I wouldn't have guessed. I mean, I her performance is incredible in this. I think it's yeah. I think it's her first performance. We'll t- we can talk. Well, let's just talk about Terry Gar now, right? The, okay. It's her first performance. She is so funny. I think in this yeah. movie and so eccentric, and just perfect as kind of like the friend. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> My question was, like, did you see that Dustin Hoffman is double billed in the credits? I did not. No. It's um, Michael Dorsey, Dustin Hoffman, Dorothy Michaels, Dustin Hoffman, double billed <laughs> when the credits start going up. And so I, I was going to make a joke that was he was he also nominated for Best Actress because he's technically billed in that the movie. So that's so as Dorothy what, Michaels. Was, was anybody like, okay, they got to the end and they're yeah. like watching the credits and they're like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, you mean they didn't, they didn't get it the whole time. <laughs> the that credits, was like, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can see that happening with Michael J. Fox's incredible performance as his daughter in um, sure, sure, Back yeah, in the yeah. Future too. Like that <laughs> Horrific looking person was Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Mom? Mom, is that you? <laughs> there we go. More stuff for the patrons. Yep. You can actually see Steven's dumb impression. impression. I'm, maybe I should have walked down the stairs slowly and tossed my hair. Um, can I do the VHS synopsis? Yes. 
Let's do it. Uh, because let's do that. And then we have to listen to the trailer, which is insane. Okay, it's, awesome. I think the weirdest trailer we've ever listened to. Maybe it's just 1982, but um, here's the uh, here's the VHS synopsis. Four stars, real big on the top. Roger Ebert. Wow. And this is what it says. Michael Dorsey is a talented actor, but his demanding nature and stubborn temperament have antagonized every producer in New York. Now his agent insists no one will hire him, but Michael needs money. $8,000 to be exact. I don't know why they have to give the exact amount on the synopsis. A matter of $80. They're using a lot of copy space to let us know how <laughs> a matter of $80. <laughs> and to earn it, he's willing to play the role of a lifetime. Dustin Hoffman stars with, now here's a list, Jessica Lange, Terry Garr, Dabney Coleman, Charles During, Bill Murray, and Gina Davis in director Sidney Pollack's heart-filled classic that heralded a new era of Hollywood wig-flipping. And set a new standard for unpredictable laugh out loud comedy. So, this time we are solidly in the comedy section of Blockbuster, right? Right. This ain't no totally. Martian. This is Tootsie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good news, everybody. It's in color. PG. What do you think of that rating? What do you think of PG for this movie? Yeah. Some of the stuff I probably wouldn't like. This was more adult than. Yeah. Um, other than the language um than the martian like lily right. Wa- actually i'm i'm kind of surprised by that um yeah. i was like i probably wouldn't watch this one with the girls right i mean actually yeah. honestly the this it's a lot of it they'd just be like what like this isn't star wars or entertaining well, I, yeah, I don't we'll, know we'll, we'll actually, get to that when i get to when okay. we get to the trial how different how yeah. different this movie is as a perfect movie than other ones we've done right okay. um right but i think it's solidly in the 80s pg yeah there's some definite definite language yeah 80s pg yeah yep, 80s pg so they should write that on the back of these vhs boxes 80s pg <laughs> little asterisk it's like pg asterisk look down at the bottom yeah pre temple of doom yeah all right i am so excited to put this movie Great. on trial we're gonna do something a little bit different before we do that let's listen to the trailer we're actually gonna watch the trailer together with the people that are uh our patrons right now watching this. Um, but let's listen to the insane 1982 trailer, original trailer for Tootsie. All right. Let me tell you about my client, Michael Dorsey. He was a fine actor, maybe a great actor, but for every role he wanted, there was a reason why he wasn't right. Sorry, you're too tall. I can be shorter. No, I can't use you. Too short. Oh, I can be taller. Too moody. Next. Too old. Too stubborn. You're too much trouble. Too tough. Too temperamental. Too pushy. Too difficult. Michael, no one will hire you. Just watch me. Boy, did he show us. He auditioned for the female lead on a soap opera and became the hottest new actress in America. And you know what? No one knows his new identity, not even the girl he's madly in love with. Soon everyone will know that she's Dustin Hoffman and he's Tootsie. All rise. Hey, it's 
How's it going over there? Oh my gosh, this movie is hilarious. I didn't know Bill Murray was uncredited. He deserves all the credit. That thing was hilarious. I love it when you eat those French fries at the beginning. Taste the chef's food. Make sure you can serve it well and talk to your audience, talk to your customers. Say that the food's delicious. So was this one of those movies where you're like, huh? Bill Murray? What? Dude, this is, um, I, I should have looked up when uh, Ghostbusters came out. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, but 80, he 84, looks like, I think 84, 85 was Ghostbusters. Okay. So he looks like, uh, just slightly younger, but, but it's basically go, Bill Murray, uh, Ghostbusters, Bill Murray. Yeah. Look age ish. Totally. Hey dude, how old could would you guess that Dustin Hoffman was when he made this movie? We, we talked about that a lot and I didn't look it up because, okay. I looked he, it up. He looks so much older as Tootsie. Right? Hmm. The, the same thing happens in Mrs. Doubtfire. We probably will talk about these comparisons a lot, which is th- yep. they're both not only um, dressing as women and makeup and things like that, but they're aged up because I, sure. I think that that works better than them trying to be um, a younger woman. And so I, I don't know how old Tootsie is supposed not Tootsie. I don't know how old Dorothy Michaels is supposed to be. Sure. And then the conversation <laughs> is, how old actually is Dustin Hoffman? Do you know? Yeah. Okay. So he was um, 45 years old when he filmed this movie. Are you kidding me? I looked me? it up. He was, he was, yeah, he was born in 1937, August 8th. Um, wow. And this was made in 82. So actually, so it was made in 81. 80, well, it was made in 82. So yeah, he was 45. Okay. I, I would have guessed 30s. See, I thought I was going to look that. See, I don't know. Well, okay. He did say I've been acting for 20 years, at this for 20 years at one point, talking about auditions. Oh. So let's say you started that in your late okay, teens, early it. 20s. Yeah. Um, or maybe he was doing child commercials. I don't know. But either way, he was 45 when he filmed this. Okay. Got it. Um, here, Here's the other thing. He was 29 when he filmed The Graduate, where he's supposed to be playing like young 20s at the oldest and so he just right. looks young and so it's also interesting that he ages up so much when he goes into <laughs> dorothy michaels mode um right uh I-, I was just wondering so ghostbusters was uh 84 i was just wondering okay. if this is a movie where you're like again like you were saying like i've heard of the movie i kind of know the plot but then every actor that comes on screen even re-watching it i was like i forgot gina davis was in this i know Totally. Mostly in her underwear, right? But right. she's in it. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let's run through that real quick. Um, okay, so Gina Davis. Uh, Jessica Lang. I don't know a whole ton of other of her work. This early 80s, 70s yeah. is like not my... Like, unless it's Mannequin, which for some <laughs> reason I watched like a million times in the <laughs> That's 80s. hilarious. Or like, or our classic canon of, of Spielberg type movies. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, when uh, Dabney Coleman. Yeah. When he came out, dude. Because mm-hmm. um, there's like, okay, in this movie, there are like two generations of like, kind of like sexist men. Yes. So there's the, there's the, the leader or the, the, what was he? The, the, he was in charge of police academy. Um, that would oh be yeah, uh, George, George Gaines. Gaines. Yeah. Right, so. so who the person I the the thing I think about him is I always think of him as Punky Brewster's dad. 
Okay, see, I see him as whatever. I can't remember his title, but I, I see him. When I see him, I see Police Academy. Yep. Yeah. Totally different character than this, like, neurotic, yes. uh-huh. super anxious, burnt out actor, <laughs> but still so He's funny. So good at um, this. Yeah. Um, but also greasy, sleazeball, awful. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll get to some of his lines later. Um, yeah. But Dabney Coleman, so that's like the generation below, also yep. sexist director, kind of piggish. But when I see him. Yeah. Um, I see hot to trot. Oh, I see nine to five. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that. So, and he plays the same sleaze ball. Ball. <laughs> I mean, and actually, nine to five and Tootsie are in kind of this like um, feminist movies of the eighties, right? Where, um, okay, where it's like we're we're finally talking about this in some of the movies, what it's like to be a woman in the eighties and Dabney Coleman plays both sleazeballs in those movies. Got it. Um, so he's, so that's the first thing that. Jessica said when she saw him come out, uh, yep. on Tootsie is like, it's the same guy. They just hired him right okay. off of nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's in nine to five? Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin. Okay. And, um, Daryl Hannah, maybe those are the three okay. women. I can't remember the third. Right. I can't remember. There's a kind of a young. It's it's Daryl Hannah. I think almost certainly. I can go back and look at that. But that is an it, that's a bonkers movie where most of it okay. is them um, dreaming about how they're going to take revenge on their boss. That that is an insane movie, but pretty fun. Okay, and very much right. like this movie. I need to see that. I mean, yeah, that we've been talking about seeing. More more stories that mm-hmm. aren't about us, even yeah. just that. Yeah. Um, it, it also kind of puts me in the the other one I've heard seen around this was Baby Boom. Uh-huh. Um, I love that. There there are a lot of movies actually in the eighties. Yeah. That are very much about women in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. Um and so okay, so nine to five, I'll I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. Um Dolly Parton, <laughs> you've been telling me about that. Uh Steel Magnolias. Uh-huh. So I'll put that on the list. Um, yeah. It's just for me, dude. Dabney Coleman, Hot yes. to Trot. Did you ever see that? I've never seen Hot to Trot. Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> dude, you, this is like the difference between me and you. What is Hot, Hot to, to Trot? trot? Is, Tell me about Hot to Trot. It's so seen it. stupid. It's Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. <laughs> what? And like, it's about a talking, like a, a talking horse. Oh. Like, Gosh. I bet if you had given me three choices, like three chances, I probably could have gotten there. Hot to trot. <laughs> but anyways, Dabney Coleman's in that one. Uh, one of his finest uh, works, I'm yep. sure. Um, so when he came in, I was like, hey, there's there's the yeah. guy from Hot to Trot. Yeah. Uh, so the casting is great. I mean, we can yep. say that. But here, here's totally. what we're going to do. Just in case this is your first, you saw T- Tootsie on... Uh, Apple Podcasts, you're like, I gotta listen to this. Um, right. Perfect Movie is a podcast where we uh, pick a movie that we love. Yep. We, uh, usually how it works is we pick that movie, we act as its defense counsel, and we present evidence. We each get two pieces of evidence uh, to attempt to prove to you, the listener, to one another, and sort of maybe even to ourselves, that this movie is not only good, it's not only great, but it's perfect. Yep. Um, the way we do that is we chunk in with a certain sound that I'm going to find because I totally forgot to do that. Um, <laughs> and uh, we present that piece of evidence. And then when we're done, the listener acts as judge, jury, and executioner 
uh, possibly executioner to decide whether or not this movie is actually perfect. Okay. I'll play it for um, you. Okay. Play the, play the chunk chunk. There we go. That's the, um, that's the sound. I finally got it. Okay. So here's uh, when we do a choice episode, that's either I choose one or Anthony chooses one. It's a little different. The person that chooses it gets three pieces of evidence. We are going to do something completely different, not completely different today, but one of the reasons I chose Tootsie is like we were talking about at the beginning. I actually took a class. It wasn't mm. my screenwriting class. I went back and I found my notes, dude. Yep, dude. This it wasn't rocks. my screenwriting okay. class. It was my film history class. Ah, okay. And we studied Tootsie as kind of a late century movie that's okay. perfectly crafted. And so I have did, my notes. Here they are. Did Dave Grusin come in? Uh, come, come. <laughs> no i don't remember talking about the score <laughs> um that's what i'm have, here for i have my notes in front of me and i've what i've done is i've chosen three um three things that my professor said okay that make so, this movie yeah. perfect we're getting in the realm of academics here man. This <laughs> right is, academia this is legit right okay. um, where else do you hear this yeah so i majored in creative writing and one of the things yep. I thought about doing was screenwriting. And so I took three classes, I think, and one of those classes was film history. Um, yep. So these are not my own evidences. Okay. So I thought it'd be fun for both of us to talk about, do these work? Love it. Do, do, do we agree? Um, yep. So this is like a third party giving evidences for this movie. Um, <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun. And so then once... I present these. If uh, we come back uh, on our next movie episode, reveal the results, and also on our Patreon, the bonus disc, twogomers.com slash... No, patreon.com slash... Patreon, two, yeah. Pla- slash twogomers. <laughs> Someday I'll get Say it Say right. it one more time, dude. Um, Patreon. Patreon.com slash twogomers. You'll be able to hear the fuller results show. Um, if it gets perfect movie, we put it on a flash drive, send it up on V'ger, to the xenomorphs, they watch it and they become good girls and boys. Okay, yep. so the movie, you've heard about what the movie is about. It is uh, it is very Mrs. Doubtfire, but it's a decade before. Right, so basically it's an out-of-work actor. Yep. He, he needs work, yep. and also he wants to produce his roommate's play, mm-hmm. uh, make it a huge hit. Yep. And craziness he, ensues. Right? He he goes he goes with his friend Terry Gar to an audition. She doesn't get the part for the soap opera. But Julie, he decides Jules. he decides I can get it. And so he tries out as a woman, Dorothy Michaels, gets the part, and like you said, hilarity ensues. Yep. Uh and, and and all sorts of actual comedy happens. Okay. So yep. Why don't I just give the three exhibits and we could talk through what we think Great. about them. Okay. Great. So, Let's do it. The first. Oh, as usual, work. Great. <laughs> first piece of evidence in my notes from my film history class is the dialogue. And specifically, okay. the, what we learned about was naturalistic dialogue. Okay. Yeah. Versus kind of a more um 
memorized. It, it's it, it's almost like the the way they're saying the dialogue almost feels Curb Your Enthusiasm, where there's no dialogue written at all, right? Right, like they're just filming themselves talking to each other. Yeah, and uh, th- there seems to be purposeful moments where they mess up and they keep it in. Hmm. And so, yeah. you know, when you and I are talking, especially for the people that are watching this um, on video because we're not going to edit it, um, we stumble, we say yep. one thing and when we meant another and we come back to it and correct. Yep. There are several moments in Tootsie where that happens and they keep it in. <laughs> yeah. They misread or misspeak and you get all of that. And so yeah. the naturalism of the dialogue is one of the evidences and exhibits my professor didn't know they were he was doing this at the time but um that he presented as um this movie is perfect and we've said this before dude because of its imperfections yeah yep and so you you're you're brought into the movie because it sounds like how people talk yeah it's not shakespearean right (laughs) Or something like that, where you were like, that sounded amazing, beautiful mm-hmm. writing, but nobody would ever say that. Yeah. Like, they talk, <laughs> like, my, still one of my, like, one of the scenes in my head is when he's, like, trying to coach her, coach Terry Gar. Yeah. Um, And he's like, no, now go with it. Now keep going. Okay. Yeah. And, he, you know, like, he's like, don't let up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it really sounds like a master class it, or it something really, like that, like, totally real. Um. And there's every that because he yeah. is an acting coach, right? That, that's his. Right. That's what he does in the movie. He's an acting coach. That's, a, that's his bread and butter. That and right. waiting tables. Um, and so he's the, this one scene that you're talking about where he's actually coaching Terry Gar. Um, it it's it's coaching the viewer on how to <laughs> act in a movie because it's so it's so natural the way it's happening now a lot of that can be attributed i think to the casting dustin hoffman is just like that yeah and and he's kind of a mumbler you know what you know what i mean yeah (laughs) he's gonna totally it's it's very he's got this deep voice where he's 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 mumbling and it's a little bit like jeff goldblumish where he's talking like this and it just works yeah Um, how do you write that what does that look like on a script I, I don't know. I like, we look we looked at the script and I don't remember it looking like stutter like stuttering the way he's doing it. It's um, like his affectations. That's just like what he brings. Yeah. To, like even like the part at the end when he's like they're live. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like they're like oh no not not when you're live oh no and he's like <laughs> he's it's like he's writing he's thinking but he keeps talking and talking, um and then he comes out with it. You know, I, I, I wonder, yeah, I, so he, here's the thing about when we read the script in my class, mm-hmm. um, we read the final draft and, um, sometimes I wonder if those scripts that you, that are re- readily made available to classes like that, and then you can get on the internet are actually yeah. transcriptions of the movie rather than sure. the script that they had in their hands yeah. because the whole okay, movie yeah. to me feels live. The whole movie feels like that scene (laughs) where you're just watching it happen. And the writing is so good and the directing is so good that um, you're just so pulled into it. And it could be carefully written like that. 
every stutter, right. every repetition thing. It could be, and and so the screen the screenplay that I actually read, I can't tell if it was a screenplay they were acting off of. Sure. Okay. And like every scene between Dustin Hoffman and Bill Murray mm-hmm. sounds improvised completely. Yep. And then yeah. same with him and Sidney Pollock. And like they didn't they do a lot of writing on this together, or a lot of improvising on this or whatever. Yeah. And, and so-, so the director, Sidney Pollock, Dustin Hoffman said, you need to be my agent in the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because is this is working amazing. so well. I know. <laughs> He's like, like, get me, get me some jobs. Get me some jobs. He's like, I can't. I can't. It is known not only here but in LA. Like nobody wants you in Hollywood either. Nobody will hire you. Uh, Which that scene is such a clear. This is what the movie is going to be about. Moment, because by the way, right after he says that, and then, um, I I think Dustin often says something like, "Watch me." Hard cut to him walking down the street. As Dorothy Michaels, no, I mean, you get it later where he's styling his wig and putting his makeup on. <laughs> Hard cut to That's that right. music. <laughs> uh, and so even the choices they make in the editing are like, man, this movie is trucking. Yep. Cut. Heart. Yeah, just like, nobody will hire you. <laughs> Crowd shot, just like straight from the trailer. Oh, we, yeah. we cut that part out about the trailer. But yeah, mm-hmm. like that 70s, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, like yep. straight it, to that. Because the movie was probably filmed in 1980, right? Sure. To, to come out in 82 or maybe 81. That's, it's still a, it feels like an, a 70s movie to me. It does. It that trailer sounded seventies. Yep. Um. And yeah, even even like Dustin Hoffman's name being on it twice, mm-hmm. like yeah, across the top and in the billing, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I that was the first evidence was y- yep. y- if you study the dialogue in Tootsie, you, th- there's no way to do better hmm. in in the way the characters talk to one another, play off one another. You know, there's very specific combinations of characters throughout the movie, and all of them work because of the dialogue that's happening between them. And it's especially tricky because you have dialogue from Michael Dorsey between different characters, and then you have dialogue between Dorothy Michaels where that dynamic is completely changed. Right. So you have to write for two different characters that are the same actor. Yeah. And and, and sometimes... Um, like when he's actually using his regular voice, like this happens in Mrs. Doubtfire. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of like very similar things, like the scene, yep. the shower scene when he comes home, yeah, and like he's dressed up as uh Dorothy, <laughs> but he's speaking yep. as Michael. You know, like uh-huh. that that um that exact same thing happened early, much earlier in the movie, um when somebody comes to the house right. and they can't know who you are. So, um, yeah. So you like see, in- you see Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire, dressed right. as Mrs. Doubtfire, but speaking in Robin Williams's voice. Right. And so there's so much to play with through the movie, and they do it so well in Tootsie, in particular, where when he's babysitting uh, Jessica oh, Lange's yeah. daughter. Yeah. Right. And he's trying to figure out: Will this baby respond to Dorothy or to Michael? <laughs> 
<laughs> right. He says Uncle Uncle Dorothy or <laughs> Uncle something. Uncle Dorothy. Like <laughs> right. Uh, and it's just it's it's fun to watch. It's well written and it's so well acted that everything yeah. seems I mean I, for some reason I always think of Siskel and Ebert loving slice of life movies. They would they just would always talk about that. And this feels mm. like kind of high concept but they bring it down to earth with the dialogue. Yep. Right on. So that's exhibit one. Okay. Get ready for this one. Exhibit B. <laughs> oh no, my phone. Um, exhibit B. <laughs> um, is the joke writing in okay. this that it's actually a comedy with jokes. And so I kind of complained about the Martian. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Martian's fault. It's their it's their producers saying it's a comedy when there's not right. actually any jokes and the only jokes um in it fall flat. But there yep. are there are carefully written jokes in this movie so it's like why would you I think Sidney Pollack is some is saying at some time like um why would you want to see a movie about uh people living near a chemical plant? You can just go to New Jersey for that. That's a joke, yeah. right? But um, ching, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you can tell. Okay, there are some jokes in this. Um, but what I want to talk about in particular is that scene that you just mentioned, the the live scene, kind of the okay. Um, the whole movie is ramping up to this scene, right? Like, yep. Um, Dustin Hoffman is conflicted because. He's making a lot of money as Dorothy Michaels on the soap opera, but he's in love with Jessica Lange and Jessica Lange's father is in love with him. Yeah. So this movie has some of the most strange uh, love triangles. Right. Exactly. Right. (laughs) So he wants to get out of it. Right. But he has signed a contract where he can't get out of it unless he's fired. Right. And so the everything is all of those weird relational things um, are building up to this scene, including the fact that um, George Gaines has tried to hit on Dorothy Michaels, but then thinks he's dating um, Bill Murray, Jeff. Right. <laughs> so everybody is involved in the scene. Um, yes. Because what has happened is they need to re-record a part of the soap opera and they need to do it live. Uh-huh. And we get shots of everybody that's been involved either in the scene itself or watching yeah. it on TV. Yeah. Um, and so you get the scene where um, they're filming it live. It's going live onto the air. And Dustin Hoffman, Michael Dorsey, dressed up as Dorothy Michaels, decides, I'm going to reveal what's been happening live on TV. And they'll fire me. Right. And so it's a a very funny scene where he's making up a soap opera story on the fly. Yep. To finally be able to take off his wig and and reveal himself. So he does that. And it's an incredible performance and I, again i don't know if it's written like this but at, the, at this one at one point he's like and 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 just 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 yeah. just he says that for like 20 seconds right yeah <laughs> um okay so he takes off his wig and he real reveals himself to be a man 
Terry Gar screams, and it's hilarious. Yep. People faint on set, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. And then Bill Murray is watching from home, yep. and he says uh-huh. what you think is the funniest line, yeah, which is, um, that that is one crazy Here. hospital. Hold hold on, dude. I actually this was our favorite part of the movie. Hold on, I recorded okay. this part. Okay. Okay, great. It's strong enough to be the woman that was the best part of my manhood. <laughs> So this is Dustin Hoffman about to take his wig off. (laughs) Okay, stop. You think that is, that's the end of that scene. And that's the Uh funniest line. And then there's a, a beat. And George Gaines, who was hitting on Dorothy and... And was interrupted by Bill Murray. Whispers, does Jeff know? <laughs> and that's the end of the scene. And I think it's the best joke in the movie. And they yeah. have held off until the until after the climax to tell it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the the only thing the the best analog I can think of is the last scene of um, Moonstruck. Where mm. they're in the kitchen and there's insanity and you think that scene is over yep. and the old man is crying uh-huh. and they say, what's wrong? And he says, I'm confused. <laughs> and it's the best line of the movie and they keep it till after you think the yeah. funniest part has happened. And I think yeah. that we lo- we looked at this scene and when I watched it again last night, I was, I, I think Maybe Tootsie is not the most perfect movie ever made, but I think mm-hmm. that's one of the most perfect scenes ever filmed in movie history. Okay. I 100% agree with that. Um, now, we were laughing so hard, we totally... I, I feel like we missed that. Because yeah, Bill Murray... So, I'll have to go back and watch it now that I've heard you explain right. how... Cause, yeah, because that was super funny. I just remember, dude, Aaron and I were just there... And like, cause the, the build up to that scene is incredible. Yeah. hundred percent. And yep. that is one nutty hospital. It's just like, dude, we like, we like, I exploded dude, with yeah. laughter right so there. That's what I love that. That yeah. that's the line that hit and yeah. it should. Yep. Cause Bill Murray is delivers it incredibly and it's yeah. so funny. But the fact that then the pressure's released from this scene and you get a better line even yep. after that about Bill Murray's character delivered yeah. from somebody else almost as an aside that's even funnier. And so yep. it, it is it is th- that scene is obviously uh created with such care in the writing and the acting. Yeah. Um and you're just in awe afterwards. Like it's they did it. Yep. It's like a button, yep. like it. It I just I just wrote this down. It reminded me of like I'll have what he's having, yes. or what she's having. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, what, like, that's an incredible example. It's exactly the same. You think that yep. the um the the performance of Meg Ryan, which is incredible, yeah. is the yeah. joke, right? And it is, uh-huh. but the real joke is what um is that, is that Rob, Rob Reiner. Rob, Rob Reiner's, Reiner's mom, mom yeah. says. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. 
<laughs> so I don't I don't know the term for that kind of thing. It's 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 a button. I guess you're right that there's a button well, to the joke. It's the golf ball at the end of the marine biologist episode from uh-huh. Seinfeld when yes. he's he's like the titleist and he's like you know like yep. um or, or and, maybe so in, in yeah in 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 that episode in Tootsie and in, those are callbacks which is another level of the button is something that you wouldn't understand unless you'd seen sure. the movie and so it's it not just constructed right it's not just a joke that would fit in any movie yes you yep. have to be totally engaged in what's <laughs> happened and in the characters and even in the set pieces and props yep <laughs> yeah that it's they're, a they're... culmination of the episode of tv or a culmination of the movie where you you just feel almost honored uh-huh. <laughs> to have been gifted that joke <laughs> it's like also in that same one when they show her dad mm-hmm. her dad like he tears the makeup makeup off. He wipes off his makeup, and then the dad's eating a sandwich. Yeah, right. And the sandwich drops, and then the he like eats falls. his fingers. <laughs> He's chewing like... on his fingers. He's so devastated by this, which is hard to laugh at because you're imagining what's going on in him. Um, right, but right. it is it, it. It's just everything's on the page and the screenplay, right? Yeah. Um, but but the way it comes together. And I don't know what they thought when they were watching the dailies. Like, did, did, did this whole thing work? We just have to trust that it did. And you edit it together and hope it does. And then it does. You know, there was that um, that interview with Bill Murray. I think we both heard it. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about this. I th- yeah, I think it was Bill Murray. Um, where he was like, they don't even know how good what they have is. Yeah. Because he said that Sidney Pollack and... Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Hoffman were like arguing all the time just yeah. like in the movie and he was like he was only there for the days he had to shoot and he was like they don't even get it like they Dustin don't even Hoffman know the movie so- Dustin Hoffman sounds exactly like Michael Dorsey <laughs> so hard to work with just like totally. an actor of actors right yeah uh, and so yeah it's it must be hard to tell if you're having a hard time on set yeah right it's, it's Mad Max Fury Road like the, yeah. it, it's two years of filming this brutal thing and you just kind of yeah. hope it works out and it's magic when it does. Did we, did we capture something good or was that yeah. utter crap? Yeah. Um, I, I had two, two thoughts real quick on the Bill okay. Murray. Um, that's who Kristen Wiig should be doing is parts like this. Like we were talking about her on the Martian episode. Yeah. I thought about her a lot just about how weird and funny Bill Murray was. And I was yeah. like, how how her performance in The Martian, we love, 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 love her. Just, yep. it kind of fell flat. I was just thinking about her. I was like, she needs more roles like this. Although, this is a small role. No, but she but, she is this in Bridesmaids, I would argue. The, yeah, the, okay. She's properly used as the straight man in yeah. Bridesmaids, where everybody else is insane but her. Yeah, okay. Um, And so, Bill, Bill Murray is... He's that in Ghostbusters, right? He yeah. is the person who's always like ghosts. <laughs> yeah, like he's like he's the one that would look at the camera, like Jim from The Office or something like that. Yeah, he, like break the fourth wall and be like, "That's pretty ghosts. good." Like, yep, like ectoplasm. 
<laughs> and so then he's the audience surrogate and he, i feel like he's yes, this in, that's in, that's, in this yeah. movie too and he's so good at yes. it yes um okay let me get to my last exhibit or my professor's okay. last exhibit because i think this one feels a little bit complex okay. so i want to be able to talk about it um ah. the um the third thing that we talked a lot about in my class this was in 2000 sorry in 1998 and i think the conversation changed from 1982 to 1998 and probably has changed again um most definitely what the what the what the professor was saying is that it's a message movie there's Mm. a message to this movie sure but it, it is not bogged down with the message okay and that is a really hard thing to do. The message um, our professor is positing, and I, I think it's probably pretty accurate, which is it, the message of the movie is it is extremely difficult to be a woman in a man's world. Hmm. Um, and so uh, you need a different perspective of that. And so Dustin Hoffman, who's a man, has to experience that himself so that the audience can better understand the difficulties that a woman faces in the 80s world. Sure. Um, yep. But the movie is so good that you don't feel preached at. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and so it's a, very, it's a very carefully written and perfectly constructed movie. Um, I, I think that the... I think I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what gets complicated is has the has the movie aged well? Right. Um, I I want to suggest that I think the message of the movie has aged better than in Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, I thought you were gonna say then the music has. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, and and here's why I think there's yeah, there's yeah. the 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 gender stuff and even even like the cross-dressing stuff is yep. played off more as a joke in Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Um, where it's taken more seriously in uh, in Tootsie. And so I yeah. think because that particular part of the movie in Mrs. Doubtfire is played off like as like, oh, can you believe it? <laughs> right. Um, he's a she and she's a he and he's a she. she. Right, yeah. Right. Um, in, in Tootsie, it's played... It, with with a little bit more um gravity now i think there's places you can go to hear somebody talk a little bit better about some of this stuff i both of us listened to an episode of unspooled before we uh before recorded recorded, we didn't even know we were listening to it we both (laughs) managed to find this episode um where they where they have a guest who's kind of in the drag queen world and so talks about like is what's happening here drag? What is what is right. Michael Dorsey doing um, when he dresses as a woman? And what is that? And they have a great conversation. That conversation is better than any conversation we'd be able to have. And so you should go check out the Tootsie episode of Unspooled for that. Um, I, I, I'm wondering more about a woman in a in the workplace and whether mm-hmm. that has aged well or does it come off as like. Well, I, I'm gonna save everybody because I'm the man, kind of thing. Right. Th- there's there's more of like an undercover element to this movie, right? Than 
um, than Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, he just wanted to see his kids. Yep. And he's like, this is the only way I'm going to be able to do that. Now, yeah. that same kind of thing happens here where he's like, I just want to work. I just want to yeah. have a starring role and I want to raise money for my producer friend to make this show or this play. Yeah. And yep. it's only going to be eight weeks and I get this part. But what it ends up being is he is actually an undercover, undercover, right? Yeah. Like he's living in another world as another person. And then kind of like in the end, kind of like seeks some justice. Yeah. Or like, do you even believe like what it's like, what it's like to have like all these people like hitting on you and checking you out? And like, like that part literally when he calls her Tootsie yes. and she, he's like, He's I'm I can't do the accent, but he's like I have a name, right? Like what? I have you called you called Jojo by his name? It's not honey, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. He's um, like, can you believe it? We're gonna rewrite this, but you're just gonna get the guys to do it. Tootsie, you can get out of here now. You know, like now yeah. we're gonna have our meeting. You know. So and- I I think this movie would have been made differently in '98 when I first had the conversation about it. In, yes. In my class, it would yep. have been made differently now in 2019, 2020. Right. Especially yeah. post Me Too, right? Yeah. Or or mid Me Too, right? Me Too's always been going on, but you know what I mean, like right. the yep. the Me Too hashtag movement. Um, right. Uh, most of what I read about it is that for a movie made in 1982. Mm-hmm. And came, coming out in 1982, um, a scene like you're like you're remembering, right? This kind of Dustin Hoffman saying, "Don't treat women like that." Yeah. Um, yep. Is actually very well done. Um, okay. And again, because uh, the movie itself, it helps that it is in a movie that is so well written, right. <laughs> so well done, and so seen. Right. Uh-huh. The top. Two one, Empire Strikes Back, which I think has two women in it. <laughs> Leia and um, what's her face in the white? I can't remember Mothma. Ma- what's her name? Moth Moth Mothma. Moth, Moth, Moth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, but I I think the I, I think the the criticism leveled against it is it feels a little bit like a kind of like a white savior movie, right? Like Dances with Wolves. Nobody will listen right. to Native people until Kevin Costner shows up. Right. Yeah, that's um, That was what Aaron's issue w- w- was with it afterwards. Yeah. Um, was, was she was like, it's, it's you know, and it's dated. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's too bad. And we said yeah. this on the Space Camp episode that mm-hmm. a man had to come in and discover what it was like. It's like, it's too bad we couldn't just hear from women saying that and then listen and trust them and hear their perspective. Uh Uh-huh. And so then where I go is, um, and what I've been reading is that, uh, it was like that and still is in many ways. And so the movie Mm. is actually just descriptive. Okay. It's, it's not saying, um, a man should always go. It's not prescriptive. Okay. Th- this is how to solve the problem. A man should dress up as a woman and experience it himself. And that's how we're going to defeat sexism. It's right. descriptive. Um, isn't it awful hmm. that the only way for the women on the set of this soap opera to be heard mm-hmm. is a man has to go through all of this stuff. And say the same things hmm. they've been saying for decades. Hmm. Uh, and then it's listened to. 
And so I, I think it's been helpful for me to read those perspectives, which is like, we don't like that. That's gross. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But we're glad the movie exists. Yeah. And we're glad it well, was so seen. Yeah. I, I wrote down one quote, actually, that, that I found very, uh, like, very me too now, mm-hmm. which yeah. was, he goes there. Uh, it was, shoot, now I can't remember the name. Um, George. George Goy- Gaines. George Gaines goes over. Police right? Academy the Sergeant. <laughs> Punky Brewster's dad. Yeah. <laughs> he goes there uh, yeah. and basically wants to take advantage of her. Yep. Um, and then Bill Murray comes in and here mm-hmm. he says, nothing happened here tonight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to use our like, you know, white man to white man. We're going to be like, nothing happened here tonight. We're just going to leave it like that. And yeah, she can't speak up, you know? Yep. And, and she, and then she said he, well, he said, Dustin Hoffman said, my lips mm-hmm. are sealed. Yeah. Right. And to, that to is ba- the to the potential rapist. I mean, right. let's they they even use the word right. Right. Um, yep. That he says to him, "My lips are sealed. I won't tell anybody about this." Right. Uh, that and, and right there. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what Me Too is all about. Right yeah. there. Nope. We're yep. gonna talk about it, and mm-hmm. that's that's what has happened. Like I I pictured I, I you know I'm not gonna name names, but I pictured a, a newscaster. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like this never happened and then they're like yeah. yep this never that doesn't that hopefully that's that's uh not happening anymore well i, I think i think that's what i'm saying about descriptive like, yeah yeah right it's it's too bad that it takes a movie like tootsie for millions and millions of people to to see that on screen mm-hmm. um but it's good that they're able to um and and so i i think that the the other thing that I really like is you know he's he's set up as a scuzzball kind of like a womanizer. He, there's that party scene at the beginning, um, yeah, where he's just like talking to any woman he can and scoping them out and saying the same right. things sometimes to multiple women to just right. make sure one of them stays with him and goes to bed with him. Right then he right. sleeps with Terry Gar, um, and then he does this awful thing where he's like, I never told her that we weren't going to see other people. I never told her that we like, and then Dabney uh-huh. Coleman, the biggest scuzzball in the movie <laughs> right. says that to him about mm. Jessica Lang. I never told her we weren't going to sleep with other people. Yep. And so there are these moments and I think they're well-crafted where the character, the main character, Michael Dorsey grows because he's put in a different situation and because he needs to experience it as a different person. Mm. Um, and he's changed. And yeah. most of what I was reading, and I remember from my class, even women speaking up in the class, feeling like, I wish it didn't have to be this way. Mm. But it is. And we're glad to see it on screen. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, this, it's this message movie under the cover of a blockbuster, which, like you're saying, it's not one that your girls would necessarily enjoy because it's mostly people talking to one another. <laughs> right. I mean, they might they might found some parts funny, but like the "this is one nutty hospital" or <laughs> your, or your favorite line, "Does Jeff know?" Like that would be. I, I don't know. Actually, Lily might get that. She she would. I don't oh, know. I'm sure. Um, yep. 
But you know, it's it's the idea though that he grows, he learns, and he's changed mm-hmm. at the end. And yep. that's what happens when you see things from a different perspective. Yes. Um, there was this great, and I, I should have shared it on Instagram, this message. I think it was, uh, there was a pastor, uh, a black pastor, and mm-hmm. was talking about perspective and that uh, the different ways that you see things. You're looking at a page and mm-hmm. you see it as this color, but the other side of the page is this color. And you're like, no, it's that color. And you're like, no, but you're right. not seeing it from my point of view. Um, yeah. This Honestly, a, a similar thing has happened to me, becoming mm-hmm. a dad of daughters. Oh, um, okay. Seeing the world as a as a father of future women uh-huh as opposed to just re- regular old gomer dude you know like <laughs> yeah i don't know you know what i mean like i'm like i'm like every woman you see in the world has a dad yeah you know what I, that that was the dumbest statement possible. no 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 i i, I but think... like i see women more as daughters as sisters as you know you know what i mean i see them as my kids i i have high school students and college students and i see them as future my daughters if if that makes any sense there's so much more i I think i think parenting is sort of like entering into a world that is not your own and gaining a new perspective because you care about different things and you care about a person that's not you Right now, I don't have daughters, and so it's it's an interesting thing to hear that, right? Um, it but it happened to me when I got married. I mean, yeah, I cannot tell you how my language changed, hmm. and how my attitude changed about women at, uh, once I got one as a roommate. <laughs> Honestly, right. um, and just listening to Jessica and spending a lot of time with her and watching movies with her right that I used to love and she's like you can go ahead and stop loving that movie now <laughs> <laughs> like okay let's talk oh, about man. that you know what i mean yeah there was some movie we were watching and Aaron was like that is so sexist i can't remember what it was and I, and it was like a canon movie yeah like a kid I know. And I was like, no, 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 but they didn't mean it like that, you know, like just see, yeah, just seeing it from a jumping to jumping to this movie's defense. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what this podcast is, but, um, you know, it's, it's, we need to place ourselves in spaces, um, where we, where our perspectives are changed. And I think Tootsie is a really interesting movie. It's, uh, it feels a bit complex and complicated. And so I, I think as we uh, consider whether it's perfect, we can, we're allowed to take those things into account. Right. But it is a very interesting movie to think about um, somebody putting themselves in a completely different context and just being amazed by what they didn't notice before. And we even, you even sent me that video of Dustin Hoffman himself. Right. Yep. Just, just like, um, now you can tell he's a 60 year old guy and some of the language you think is pretty 60 year old guy. Right. But right. Right. The, 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 the process he went through to make this movie opening his eyes to how horrible the world is for women in Hollywood, which right. is his well, profession. Yeah. He, he even said, um, I saw myself in this makeup and I was like, I wouldn't talk to that person because mm. basically he said because they're not hot enough 
He said, because right. I've been brainwashed mm, about yep. the, the women that are worth talking to. Yeah. And he, he can hardly get it out because he is, he, he's broken up about it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of like that backstory also that it's not only Michael Dorsey that was changed because he was putting himself into a different experience, but it's right. Dustin Hoffman. That's pretty cool. Now I mm-hmm. hear he's kind of a jerk and hard to work with, and um, but it's it's nice to hear that even a person like that can gain a different perspective. And it made me another reason why I really like this movie is is because it makes me want to put myself into um, situations and listening and learning from people that are not like me. And I think if yep. you can come out of that. A, an extremely it's a huge blockbuster made a ton of money so fun to watch we had a complete yep. blast watching it with the family <laughs> last night um, yeah what did the also, what did any thoughts from the boys like they loved it i mean so noah's an actor right and yep. so he loves the process right yeah. um but i'm telling you that that last scene the live scene is kind of an undercurrent of laughter happening the whole time and then it's just like it, it just lands and you know if a movie hits at my house because there's applause at the credits <laughs> so yeah. we're up we're do an da, applause do, family da, yeah and so da, at the theater da, when we go yep. to the theater again someday when we yep. like a movie when the credits start rolling we clap uh-huh and yep. we do that at home too and so there was applause <laughs> when, the, when the credits started rolling big hit that rocks <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well, I uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it again after having gone through this with you. Mm-hmm. Super fun. I love uh, that we're getting more and more interested as to looking at the world from a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, and thanks for expanding my mind. Saying yeah. I should check out Tootsie, and I loved it, and makes me want to just watch more and more movies that I've never seen. Yeah. I can't wait. This is gonna be fun. So now it's up to you, listener. Um, do you think Tootsie is a perfect movie? We're going to put some polls on Facebook and Instagram in particular. You can find us at Two Gomers in both of those places. You can also go to our website, perfectmoviepodcast.com. Um, you can send us an email, perfectmoviepodcast.com, and just let us know, do you think Tootsie is a perfect movie? Now, we are going to reveal the results on our next movie episode in a couple weeks, but the full results show... Um, where we dig a little bit deeper, um, where we t- where we talk about we talk about people's comments about it. That is now on the bonus disc, which is our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TwoGomers. If you want a fuller result show, you can subscribe to there at any level. You're gonna get those full result shows. Um, but listen, you're not missing the results themselves on our next movie app. We're gonna reveal whether or not Tootsie is. A perfect movie and whether I, i'll try to call my professor and say you did it if the answer you, comes back yes it's like the greatest influence your professor ever has was on the xenomorphs uh-huh. <laughs> like who knew little did he know he was converting them to good little girls and boys <laughs> um you know on the results show too i want to talk about uh the little um it was a film festival dustin hoffman okay. film festival so that's oh. something that's been fun too is to dive into some of these actors and watch a bunch of movies with mm-hmm. the same actor it's it's kind of fun um yeah hook bro hook 
I mean, we're, I, I was just going to say, we're obviously going to talk about Dustin Hoffman again because we have Hook at some point. <laughs> that. Oh, okay. Great. I can't I, wait. Okay. <laughs> I, I love his performance in Hook. I think I think it is so different than anything he'd have, he he had ever done, maybe has ever done before, and yep. I think he knocks it out of the park. That totally. is that is not why, even though he's in the section of the movie that I think the, yeah, is the, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that he's in, you want to cut, but his performance is amazing, and his mustache <laughs> is amazing. His mustache, oh yeah, there, yeah. There's a great part in this where his mustache kind of like flops off, yeah, like in the close up. Genius! How did they do that? I like, don't know. Oh, wait, I forgot. You sent me oh, a you sent me a text with a food moment. Oh yeah. Oh okay. All it was yeah. it was live. It was during the live scene, I think. Or no, yeah. no, no, it was just during a tape scene. They show right. one of the editors and mm-hmm. he's drinking a Yoohoo. <laughs> and I was like, he, wait, he hold- leans, he like he stretches way out like behind yeah. him to grab this Yoohoo <laughs> on a shelf <laughs> and takes a big swig of it. I was like, Yep. Anthony's gonna love this. I love that. And Jessica Jessica Lang, um, a couple great shots of her holding a glass of wine. Like he oh, yeah. asks her, you know, like about Dab- Dabney Coleman's character. And before yeah. she could answer, <laughs> grabs that glass of wine. You know, like th- there's there's great wine in this movie. Right. By the way, wine she shots. invites Dorothy Michaels over to her house to do a line readings and they yep. eat lobster tail. I know. I saw that. It was. It looked like a lobster bake. Good call, dude. Like lobster bake. There was corn on the cob. Totally, dude. A real White casual dinner a... for a line reading. Right. We didn't talk about that, but what do you make of like? She actually kind of falls in love with him as her. Is there is there a part in Mrs. Doubtfire where Sally Field says, "I miss Mrs. Doubtfire," or did I make that miss... up? Yeah, maybe it. Yeah, I miss that she's around. But yeah, she also right. says to Mrs. Doubtfire, he brings her comfort or something like that. I haven't. Yeah. I, I need to. Again, I need to watch that again after watching this because there are so many little references. Oh, I, I, um, it's it, it's so much is lifted right out. The reason I ask is because there is the 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 closing scene is Jessica Lang saying to Dustin Hoffman, "I miss Dorothy," mm-hmm. and then him saying, "She's right here." Right, like, um, the I was I love that scene too, where he's talking to Bill Murray and says, "I think I, better, well, I think she's I think Dorothy is smarter than me." Huh. <laughs> this is an awesome scene where he's like, <laughs> "Maybe I'm best when I'm not a jerky guy." Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and so I need to get in touch with some different parts of who I am. <laughs> And so I don't know what to make with about the fact that Jessica Lange is I I don't think she's falling in love with Dorothy Michaels. I think that um she loves having a, a woman friend who is I mean it's like you and me dude where people have said to us they like the podcast because it's so rare mm-hmm. for two men to love each other. <laughs> To be, and to be two platonic, what is yeah. that Wayne's World? I've mm-hmm. learned that two men can love each other in a platonic <laughs> way. Yeah, and I don't mean to say I don't mean that to sound cheesy. I think people like the fact that we're great friends. Yep. And and definitely. I think that the thing that Jessica Lang is most offended by is that her great friend was lying to her the whole time. Mm. And so 
Um, I think Dustin often thinks he still has a chance with her at the end of the movie, right? Like maybe yeah. we could date. I don't think she's there yet. <laughs> right. Uh, I think she, I think though she's great friends with him already. He says yeah. like, we've done the hard work or something like mm-hmm. that. That's right. pretty interesting. It is. I, I just remember she said, I do feel something though. Cause he goes in to kiss her as Dorothy. Uh-huh. Right. Am yes. I, I, I haven't seen this enough times. No, it's an interesting to... scene. And then when he goes and gives her the gift later as Dorothy, she still thinks she's Dorothy. And she says, I don't want to, um, I don't, I, this can't continue because I feel like I'd be leading you on. Okay. And I do love you. She's saying, mm-hmm. but I can't love you. And I think what she's saying there is, I can't love you romantically. Now, Dustin Hoffman at the end is like, yeah, but I was actually a guy the whole time. So maybe but this hey. could work. <laughs> and then they walk out and the credits roll. <laughs> I like that there's no kiss at the end, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's great. It's a great movie. Super what do fun. you think? Let us know. Um, thank you, man. Thank you to Jason for our graphics, Adam, our webmaster, Davis for music. They have friggin' stepped it up. Oh my gosh. Launching the Patreon. We yep. have taken the podcast from like about 10, 11 years of like about the same level of mm-hmm. quality, audio, yep. visually, all that stuff. And it has just this last couple of months, next level, so yep. much in part due to Davis, Jason, and Adam. Speaking of upped quality... Um, if you are a $13.1 a month donor, patron on Patreon, you can see a Zoom call video of <laughs> what you just heard, warts and all, let me tell you. Yep. <laughs> we are going to be editing some things out of this episode for sure, including our two-minute trip to the bathroom. You'll see all of that. <laughs> Can't see it, maybe. But you can uh, just see our studios empty. <laughs> right. So for Half Marathon patrons you get to see everything right away they'll have already seen this a week ago right, right. yeah um, totally so go to patreon.com slash two gomers there's a lot of fun bonus extras all right dude great app super fun man all right dude have a great week all right you too dude. and happy viewing happy viewing